Hey everyone, welcome to the Career Matters Podcast. This is your host, Nassar Ahmed. This is episode 98 of the Career Matters Podcast. And uh, this episode is part of the A Day in the Life of series. If you have listened to any of these particular episodes in this series, you know I conduct interviews from, with individuals from a particular career. I highlight what they do, what their career, what the day-to-day looks like, etc. And for today's episode, I'm speaking with someone who is an enterprise sales leader. And our guest's name is Mark Butch. Mark will be sharing his experience, how he got started in this particular profession, uh, where he stands today, some of the benefits he sees, some of the challenges, and we'll learn more as we go along. Hey, Mark, welcome to the podcast. No, thank you. Uh, glad to be on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm excited as well because once in a while I mentioned in my podcast, I do uh, have uh, I do work in software sales, so anytime I get to speak to someone in the sales capacity, it just uh, I, I get excited because it does, it's an opportunity for me also to learn. Before we get into the actual role, Mark, could you tell the audience where you're calling from? I'm calling from New York City, where I work at Stack Overflow and run the Enterprise Sales Forum. Okay. And now, New York City is not a city that needs an introduction. It's no matter where you are in the world, you know about it. But I'm going to ask you something here. For some of us who, or many of us who have not been to New York, uh, or even myself, I've been to New York four times, but what would you say is a fun fact that you wanted to share about New York that, you know, most people would not know about? A fun fact about New York as one of the longest subway systems in the world. I love subways. I've traveled on them since a, a small boy and have experienced many subways around the world. And it's one of the most impressively complex things here in New York City, just from a logistics and engineering standpoint. Yeah, I do agree. I'm based in Toronto and our subway system is very simple. We have four lines and it connects the city. But New York, it's complex. Uh, but the most impressive thing is it connects you to all the different boroughs. And when I, I met people in New York, they work in Manhattan, but they come from Brooklyn. It's a 45-minute subway drive, the subway ride. So it's very impressive what they have done, how they have planned it many years ahead of time. Yes, it's, uh, I think what's even most impressive is that, it, that a lot of this building happened earlier in the century, in the 20th century, when the first lines were starting to be developed. So a lot of what you see as the existing system as it is today was actually created you know, about 80 years ago. So Mark, before we get into the actual role and how your, your story, for, for, for those who are not familiar what the role is, can you describe what an enterprise sales leader does they, uh, on, a, on a very high level, what the role is? Well, obviously it's selling. So that is the, the core aspect of what you would do. But you know, from the perspective of leading an enterprise sales team, most of what you're doing is you're, you're investing in the folks that are around you on the team to be successful, selling into 
larger companies selling very complex solutions that take a very long time to come together because of the complexity, the number of people involved in companies that you need to speak with to develop the solution, to develop the consensus inside the organization that it's a problem worth solving, and ultimately bring these customers on board. Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. So the key there is it's long, complex sales cycle, which is totally different from any other sales because you know when you think about sales, it could be anything, right? It could be selling on the phone, it could be car sales, it, it could be selling o- online, but enterprise sales is, a, is unique in that way because it deals with specific clients and the sales cycle is longer and it's complex. Exactly. I'm curious to hear your story, how you, know, how you got started and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I started out working on the floor of the Commodities Exchange in New York City, quickly realized that the future was in software. And so had made a radical shift to becoming a programmer at a small software company in New York City and learned a ton about uh, the world of programming and built some really great uh, systems, started working on site with some of our customers, and then took an opportunity to go out west to San Francisco, where I was doing very much the same thing. And while I was out there, the sales team that we had out there, one by one, started to leave and resign. And ultimately, that ended up leaving just me and another consultant being the, uh, the West Coast office. And so the VP of sales of the company came out and in essence, said that I will be the new salesperson. Hmm. So I never had a, an objective or a goal to be in sales. It was just something that happened because I guess I was the, the only one available. And you know, I made as best I could of the situation, but I didn't have any training. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone else because there wasn't anyone else in the company in that particular office. So I was basically left to figure things out on my own. And that was difficult because we had some very big companies, some very impressive logos as customers. And so I'd have these meetings with senior level engineering and IT executives at places like Boeing and Genentech and, and HP and Intel. So it was really intimidating for someone who was still in his early 20s. I recognized I needed to be in an environment where I could really excel as a sales professional and really learn the craft. So eventually I found my way over to Siebel Systems, which was one of the leaders of this thing called CRM that every salesperson around the world should be rather familiar with and really flourished at Siebel. It was an incredible experience, learned a ton about the craft of sales. And eventually I went to a bunch of other companies, including Oracle. And then around 2008, I realized I didn't really want to be in big companies anymore. It wasn't exciting. Uh, I didn't feel like I was growing professionally. You know, I was certainly making a lot of money, but I wanted to 
I wanted to improve. I wanted to be able to do new things. I wanted to innovate. And so I dove right into the startup universe, had a startup in the HR analytics space. Uh, given the, that time in, in the world, it wasn't probably the best environment to start something from scratch, uh, particularly in the HR technology space, as the world economy was pretty much in tatters. Many companies weren't buying large enterprise software packages for a million dollars. And so wound that down and dove into helping out early stage startup companies in New York City as an investor, as an advisor, and became really ingrained in the New York uh, technology startup community. And eventually I started this thing called the Enterprise Sales Forum because there's a lot of these questions I would receive from startup founders about how to sell. Very basic questions. And it was the same set of questions from person to person. So I figured it'd be better if I could just get everyone together in a room and we could learn together. And so that was 2014. In the summer, uh, became it took a life of its own. It became very well-known and successful. Uh, a lot of people in New York City really loved the format and the style. They loved the fact that it was just for salespeople, that we were really having great conversations, digging into topics and sales. And then eventually people in other cities asked to have a chapter in their community. So we started these, these chapters across the U.S., uh, eventually in in London, out in Asia, Australia, Canada, and we continue to explore and open up new chapters on a regular basis. So that was exciting. A couple of years later, I was helping out a company called Stack Overflow, figure out how to develop an enterprise business. Anyone who's a developer who listens to this podcast will be familiar with Stack Overflow mm-hmm. as a community and Q&A site for, for anyone who's a developer and they want to develop this new business line. Long story short, I came on board as their first uh, sales professional and the past 18 months have been not only growing out sales, but also growing out the team. That's an impressive story, Mark, because you have what I call a non-linear career path. And I, I, it's a common theme in, in the interviews I've done. Started off as a developer and you were sort of thrown into the sales role. And you've taken that challenge, grown yourself. Now you're helping others as well with the by sales forum. So that's very impressive. I wanted to get into knowing more about the role. So in your current role today as an enterprise sales leader at Stack Overflow, what does the day-to-day look like? Because we're still a young team, the most important thing is revenue. So we are all selling, uh, whether you're an SDR, an account, account executive, the key is going out there and letting senior IT executives know that we have this, this solution for helping to bring knowledge and collaboration into developer and engineering teams. And you know, we're not necessarily a you know, marketing-oriented company, so it really depends upon each one of us as individual sellers to introduce ourselves, introduce the concept educate our customers as to what the importance of such a solution is for their organizations and how it improves the productivity of their developer teams. And at the same time, for myself, though a significant portion of my time is 
uh, spent on prospecting and working on existing existing sales opportunities. I also spent quite a bit of my time coaching and helping the other folks on the team to understand questions that come up, to coach them on certain aspects of things that come up in their in their sales and their conversations, and also providing some of the infrastructure so that as we grow as a sales team, we can scale the team, we can bring people on faster. And so a lot of that revolves around just making sure our processes are make it easy for people to sell, not adding too much administrative overhead, that our sales professionals have the the type of content and support that they need to be successful, and the documentation of things that that would help salespeople on the team to understand who are the ideal customers, who are the ideal personas within these within these accounts, how to manage some of these cycles, how to deal with some of the roadblocks and objections that come up. So I'd say you know, right now, given our state, about 20% is all of that stuff I mentioned, and 80% is active selling. Okay. So you described a variety of roles. Of all the things that you do, in, in your case, what are some of the things that you enjoy? Let's see the top two to three things that you enjoy about the things you just mentioned. I think this carries through from my work with Enterprise Sales Forum. It's helping others to succeed. So I really enjoy being able to spend the time to coach others. And I think that's a thing that's just lacking. I think overall on many sales teams is just spending the time to, to coach, to listen to some of the things that the people on your team are facing, to help talk through those situations. That's how we get better. So I'd say that easily, number one, is my favorite thing to do. But I also do love, I love the selling. I love being able to reach out to senior executives to understand some of the challenges that they're facing, to hear from them what they see as the opportunities, and to collaborate with them, to help them understand or see that there's different ways of doing things. I truly feel that the, the key role that a sales professional plays in the role of a sale is to be that change agent, to present new and different ideas that can help benefit the businesses that they speak with. And on the flip side, are there any things that you do not enjoy? Or, or in other words, do you find them like you look at them as a challenge? I don't know if there's really anything that I see as a challenge. I mean, there's with every type of role, there's things that are not necessarily all that enjoyable. And right. I think a lot of it comes down to the administrative things, which is a, a drag on productivity and clearly is not a lot of fun to sit there and enter in data into things like you know, CRM systems or order system, but those things are necessary. So part of some of the thinking as we build up the team is how can we be more efficient? So we're spending less time on all the administrative overhead and more of our time in selling, learning, improving our craft. 
Okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. So after listening to what he just said and your career path, if someone listening to this, you know, wants to get in and follow your path, what would you recommend someone starting out and they find this is enterprise sales is the path they want to take? How does one go about doing it? Well, I think there's many paths to sales. I think that's one of the interesting things about where we are with, with this, this industry because there is no set career path. You know, unlike becoming a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer where there are certain degrees and certifications and continuing education and different disciplines, you know, in sales, it's not that disciplined. I think over time, that may change. But if someone is contemplating this idea of, yeah, I want to be a, a sales professional, I want to sell those big deals, now, before you sell the big deals, you've got to be able to sell the smaller deals. You've got to be able to build up your confidence and your skill set. You've got to build up your business acumen. And that stuff takes time. So to get to the level of managing these big, complex sales opportunities and working with large companies, you really got to hone in and practice the key skills that will get you to that level. A good example is the ability to prospect. I think it's a, a sad consequence in our, in our industry where people who are the most senior in sales feel that they don't have to prospect. And I think that's a, a tragic mistake. There's nothing I find that's difficult or hard or unseemly about prospecting. It's having conversations. That's simply what prospecting is. And there's certainly difficult aspects of that, but there are things that you can do to actually make that much easier. And so I think you need to master each one of these different specific skill sets around prospecting, around building and having senior level executive types of conversations, uh, building up your skill sets, not just on things like the product, which yeah, there's not there's some value in that. But to be able to understand the industry and the dynamics is much more important. To be able to manage a long sales cycle and to be able to do the types of strategic thinking that will allow you to be successful in that. Negotiation, again, another really important aspect. So you're not, you're not putting yourself in a position to give away a lot uh, of value in, your, in these situations where you're working with large companies where you are often at a disadvantage. So each one of these are skills that they take, a, they take time. They take, uh, they take falling down your face uh, and they take a number of successes to feel that you are developing in the consistency where you can be successful and you can use that knowledge and to continue to have those feedback loops where you're learning and building upon what you've learned, but always keeping at the same time a, a view towards improving, developing yourself, challenging yourself. And so I think it's the things that you do to build yourself up into becoming an enterprise sales professional, as well as the mindset to keep yourself fresh and to keep yourself top of the game. From a tactical standpoint, you got to be able to 
working companies where you are going to be successful. So you're not going to be successful if you think that the product you're selling is terrible. So you really got to vet the types of opportunities that you're exploring and not just take a job because of the pay or because it seems like a cool company because sales is a long slog. It can be difficult to gain traction. There'll be many months mm-hmm. where you'll scratch your head and say, God, what's going on? Do I, am I terrible at this? It's much like entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, it can be really challenging for long periods of time. So you really got to enjoy what you're selling, enjoy the people around you that you're selling with, and enjoy the culture of the organization that you're a part of. So be really careful in how you vet these opportunities. The other thing I'd say is you got to have a good number of, of companies and tenures at those companies. So I see a lot of resumes that where there's people who've gone from job to job to job and understand the type of environment it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, having tenure in a company, and I'm not saying stay at a company for 10 years, but if you can stay at a company for three years and show that you've been able to develop yourself and advance in a company, and you've done that a few times, then you're showing maturity level. You're showing a level of consistency and focus. And it says to someone who's looking at the other end saying, can this person be a successful sales professional and sell at an enterprise level that they, that they have accomplished something that they have longevity, that they have persistence and that they have the tenacity and the constitution to, to succeed in a role where a sale could take anywhere from 12 to 18 months or even longer. Wow, thanks. Thanks for being candid. Uh, there's a lot of things you said, which which are important skills to be in sales. And you also laid on the. You also made it very clear. You know, these are the, and that's some. That's, those are the things I want to hear, and I want my guests to share in this interview. Is it's not always. It's not always the best things you want to see in a profession, but they're all challenges. And thanks for being candid about that. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And I think it's important for people to know because, you know, uh, someone might look at something and say, this sounds lucrative. I want to get into sales, but they don't have, they have not thought about the, the struggle and the hustle and the grind, which makes the really successful people successful. Then that's when they start getting discouraged. They look for another company or they leave sales altogether. Right? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. Uh, just to, to dwell on that for a second. Sure. I think a lot of people do get discouraged in sales. And anyone who's listening to this podcast, I want to implore upon you that oftentimes the reason you're discouraged in sales is because you're in the wrong environment to be successful. It's not about you. You need to be in an environment where, where a company and a team and, a, and your manager is going to invest in your success. And I think a very sad testament in the world of sales and the sales industry is that many people who are in a role where they need to be coaching and mentoring and developing their talent often are not in position to do any of those things. The people that usually advance in sales management and leadership 
are often very good sellers. The best sellers, very talented individuals who've often consistently have gone and exceeded their quota. That's great. You need those type of people because they love sales. They're excellent at it. There's a knack that they have, but also a refinement of the craft. But the skills that you need to be a great sales professional are not the same skills that are going to make you successful as a manager whose sole job is to ensure that the professionals under them on their team can be as successful as possible selling and bringing in revenue for the company. They're very different skill sets. And so the folks that feel that they're struggling in sales, there's no need to struggle. You probably have the skills required to be successful. You just need to be in an environment that is going to help you to refine those skills, to give you the time to practice, to be accepting of the fact that you're going to, you're going to fall flat on your face a bunch of times. You will fail, and that is okay because you need to have those, those learning experiences so you can improve. So anyone who's struggling, don't put all the blame on yourself. Really, truly look at the situation and see, is it, do I have passion for the stuff that I'm selling? Do I feel that I have a manager that's supportive and wants me to learn and grow in my career? Uh, do I feel that I'm in a company that is investing in the sales organization and has a, a positive sales culture? And lastly, really dig deep and say, what do I want in my career? Because if it's about the money, I think you need to just reevaluate you know, what you want to do in your life. There's many things you do to make money. You know, sales is not necessarily one of those positions where, uh, where greed is, is good, which is ironic. It actually flies in the face of what many people think. But particularly in the enterprise sales world, yes, the awards are lucrative, but it's also a really hard job. And so you got to really love what you do, which means you got to love being able to work with customers, to serve your customers, to want to be in a company and be that change agent. Much of what makes people successful in sales long-term is that need to serve. And if your mode of operation is to be self-serving, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a very difficult time because customers will see through that. They'll see that, that their interests are not at heart and not front and center, and you're going to lose trust and credibility. Well, that's, that's amazing because, you know, you just – covered it all this in this interview because that's what most salespeople, I think all salespeople need to hear that, uh, whether they're new or they've been in the business for 10 years. So I think, I don't think anybody else could have explained it better. Thanks for that, Mark. And the last question I asked you, what does a path look like to get to where you are? And you gave me, you gave me an answer, which is great because you know there's no, there's no set path, but I'm curious. Let's say they get into enterprise sales, they reach the position you are in, what does the future like look like? What happens next? What is, where can the path take them? I think it's, this is actually something I've been thinking about quite recently. There's a book that I'd recommend anyone who's in that transition period. 
and it's called Radical Candor. It's not a sales book, but it's a book that's geared for people who are managers, who are bosses. And it's a really good way of thinking about how, how one should manage teams. But what was interesting, the thing I took away from that, from the book was the idea that not everyone is meant to, or even wants to climb the career ladder. Interesting. Right. So some people are great at sales and if that's you, then find opportunities where companies will continue to support you and give you the opportunity and space to be a great sales professional. There's some people who will be best in a situation where they're where they want to advance and they want to be a manager and a director and a VP and eventually head of sales, maybe even CEO of a company. So there's going to be people who are more of the rock star mentality. They just want to be the best professional that they can be. And then there's folks who are going to be the superstars, the people who want to rise up and they want to innovate. They want new challenges. They want to advance on the proverbial career career ladder. Yeah. And then I think maybe there's like a third because certainly because enterprise sales is, can be an all consuming endeavor. Yeah. There's certainly opportunities to do other things. Maybe go into another career path altogether, because I think the things that you learn as an enterprise sales professional, the things I just mentioned on just in the the past 30 minutes Mm -hmm. is a lot of the skills that are going to allow you to be really successful in many types of things. And I've had some of my, my former colleagues open up restaurants, go on to get an advanced degree in something and start to pursue that as a career. Uh, People have gone on to start companies. So there's a lot of different opportunities available to you. So definitely take the time to, to really look inward, to understand who you are as a professional and, and see where your passions lie. I love that advice. It's a little bit contrarian, but I, I really like that. So if I can summarize what he just said, there are rock stars who really want to be in that position where they want to be in sales. They want to continue to sell, earn a decent income or a lucrative income. Then there are superstars who want to go up the ladder and or the others who take a totally different career path. And that's actually that advice I've never heard on the show. So that is amazing. We are coming to towards the end of the interview. And um, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you this question. Any, any final advice that you'd like to, uh, any final piece of uh, advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to share to someone who wants to get into this profession? I'd say talk to people. Talk to people that are in the field. I think sometimes we have an idea of things that we think might be interesting. But get the perspective of friends you know. And ask them, what's what's it like to be in sales? I think we don't often take that, we don't do that initial research. And as well as when you're starting to look at opportunities, reach out to salespeople in those companies. Don't just go the HR recruiting route and having them dictate who you should speak with. Do a lot of the investigation yourself because it's in those conversations you're going to hear things that may attract you to the field or things that you may think to yourself, oh, gee, that's, that doesn't really sound like me. Have the conversations. 
that's where you're going to learn the most. Thank you, Mark. That's an amazing wrap up to our interview. You shared lots of great ideas during the interview. On behalf of the audience, I wanted to thank you once again for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much. Thanks, folks, for listening to yet another episode of the Career Metis podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview and also share some some of the resources that, that Mark has provided in the form of show notes that you can find on, and on Stitcher, iTunes, and also on careermetis.com. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go, go ahead and share it amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.